Welcome to the Women's Circle Podcast. I'm Leela Strong, garden witch, modern-day priestess, community creator, and steward of the long-lost art of connection. May you leave this episode feeling resourced, reflective, and ready to make magic. Each episode, we will explore a topic for reflection that can be taken to the group setting of Women's Circle and Community Circle or explored solo. For guidance on how to find or create your own Women's Circle, take a peek at my earlier episodes. Women's Circle Podcast is a trans-inclusive, LGBTQIA intersectional space that celebrates and honors the path of all the women who find this work. Thank you so much for listening. Hello, wonderful friends, and welcome to another episode of the Women's Circle podcast. I'm really pleased to be back and wishing you all a super restful January. It is pretty, pretty cold here in Washington. I'm in the Seattle area on the Salish Sea, and it's been not cold compared to some places in the U.S., but definitely cold for us in the low 20s and in the teens. So I've been taking this last week or so to really stay cozy and warm at home, and that perfectly aligns with our theme for this episode, which is hibernation. In my last episode, I talked a lot about how to come into the new year with rest and gentleness, and this theme for January is an extension of that. So I'm excited to share a little bit of inspiration for a cozy January circle on hibernation. This episode will be accompanied by a free PDF resource that can be found in the episode description. If you click on that link, it will take you to a PDF that will give you the whole rundown for how to facilitate this topic in your own circle. And as always, if you ever have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me directly either on Instagram at Women's Circle Podcast or I have an email for the podcast and that's womenscirclepodcast at gmail.com. Pretty easy to remember. So just a couple of ways to connect with me if you would like to ask questions or share inspiration or let me know how it's going if you're facilitating circles on your own or even if you're engaging with these topics solo. I really, really love to hear your stories and start to build some community around this podcast offering. All right, let's get into our topic. So, As I've talked about, winter truly is a time for being internal. It's a time for reflection, a lot of journaling, making art. I think it's a wonderful time to look back on your year just with an observatory lens, not necessarily with a mind towards what can I do differently or what can I change, but just to take a look and say, okay, what happened to me this year? And what are some of my takeaways? What really stuck with me? 
So for some initial questions, I would love to invite you to think about what were the lessons or themes that stuck out for you during your 2023 or or whenever you're coming into this practice during a period that has passed what lessons came through what did you learn what were some of your takeaways another question to ask would be what does hibernation look like in your life at this time does it look like doing this kind of personal reflection or making art What does it look like in terms of your career or your relationships or your creativity? Does it have an ebb and flow based on your week? Is there any way that you can prioritize rest and general nourishment in your life during this season? The season being winter, right? That's from mid-December all the way to March. That's actually a really long span of time. And all of the signs around us in the world are telling us to slow down, at least if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, as I am. This is really an opportunity to feed your body and feed your soul so that you can go into another year feeling replenished. Something that I have noticed as I have gone through university and come into the workforce is that we have moved so far away from a seasonal and a cyclical way of living. So we're really constantly asked to be productive. And I know that we live in this world, right? We can't just opt out of society. Most of us can't. That's not really an option. So when I'm asking you, how can you prioritize rest and nourishment during this season? I'm not necessarily saying quit your job. That's not realistic, right? So given what you know you must do in order to continue living your life and and being happy and fulfilled and, and feeling safe and resourced, outside of those commitments, how can you make more space for rest? For me, I do have a little bit more of a seasonal work pace nowadays, but even still, even though I do have a seasonal job, I have had to be very, very intentional about the way that I'm using this restful season. And instead of packing my schedule all the time full of stuff and really feeling this inner pressure to be productive, every single day I have had to center myself and say, okay, how am I going to engage with rest and gentleness today? And I don't always accomplish it. I still have really busy days. It just works out like that. But I feel that because I've had a mind towards the restfulness, I've been able to create a lot more room in my life for the option of rest. These initial questions, what are the lessons from your year that you're taking? What does hibernation look like for you? How can you prioritize rest? These are great things to kind of start 
stirring the pot for your circle. This is something that I would introduce at the very beginning of my circle. Uh, this is a lot of questions, so you may want to pick just one or two and kind of hone it down to what you feel would be nice for your group. Definitely follow your own expertise in this. You know your gathering really, really well. So choose the questions that are going to be most intriguing, interesting, something to chew on for your group. Once these questions have been answered, perhaps in the longer group share initially, I have a couple of activities for you. So I was inspired to do more than one activity for this hibernation episode, and this will definitely happen. I think there is so much room for flexibility and creativity. So even when I'm offering you, you know, this PDF outline, this is how you offer this topic, just know that that is a framework for you. You can take things away, you can add things, you can shift them around. I am here to offer you basically the, the playground for you to explore on and enjoy. So keep that in mind as I'm offering all of these options. So the first activity that I am very I'm excited. I, I'm excited. I keep using that word. Um, I'm trying to expand my vocabulary into more creative thinking. What am I? I'm like tickled about this <laughs> because I love this activity. And this is mindful eating. Um, mindful eating is an activity that I learned about when I was an outdoor educator, which was one of my first career paths. And I was particularly really, really interested in the intersection of mindfulness practices and outdoor education. Because in my experience of that career, the things that made me the most enlivened about the outdoors were these moments of mindfulness when I was noticing and I was using my senses so that I could engage with the natural environment. So when I was teaching and working with kids and adults, I would often bring in this mindful eating activity as a lens for us to consider what it means to be truly aware and present with any given experience. And this eating as a tool is really useful because it's so sensory. We can say, you know, bring awareness to this breath, right? That's in, in a lot of meditation. And for me, it took me years to even understand what that meant or how that felt in my body. Whereas mindful eating, having this felt experience of eating, everybody has taste buds, um, as far as I know, and it is just a fast track to presence. So I'll walk you through this activity, and then there will be links in the description of the podcast episode for more information, other resources, you can kind of explore it as you like. So this is often done with a raisin, uh, but if raisins gross you out or you don't have them, you can use something else. I've used oranges or dried cherries, Any, anything will do. I would say maybe don't use something like peanut butter that's going to be really sticky in the mouth. We want something that's going to be pretty comfortable to place on the tongue and hold there for some time. So whatever your item is, we'll go with raisin now, you are just going to start out by holding this piece of food in the palm of your hand. And 
the way that I described this to my students was to look at this raisin as if you have never seen a raisin before. Who knows why? Maybe you're an alien. Maybe you come from a place that raisins don't exist. Maybe you are uh, really afraid of dried fruit. I don't know the reason, but look at this raisin with completely fresh eyes and take it in gazing at this little piece of fruit and noticing the color and the texture, the shape, maybe the shadow it's casting on your hand, and really taking some nice deep breaths, a couple of breaths to simply hold it and observe it. And these, these first two steps, the holding and the singing, I think kind of go together because you'll, you'll be looking as you're holding. So you're holding this object and you're really seeing it. The next thing that you're going to do is close your eyes and then with one hand, pick up your raisin or you can even just keep it on your palm and you're going to touch it with your fingers and you can pick it up between your fingers and roll it and here you are exploring the shape, the texture, the squishiness, the give through your fingers. What can you know about this raisin simply by touching it? Again, take some nice deep breaths worth of time exploring this touching of the raisin. And when you are done, you're going to keep your eyes closed and lift that little raisin to your nose and take a nice sniff and see what you can smell. Smell is such a transportational sense. And by that, I mean that by smelling things, we can remember so much. Is there a smell that you, or is there a memory rather that you connect to this smell? Does it bring something up for you? And outside of just the memory sense, what happens in your body when you smell this? Is your mouth watering? You kind of feel it in your jaws. Maybe you don't have a reaction. You don't really like eating raisins or, you know, your body's just not reacting to it. So through that smell, what are you experiencing? Once you've taken some time smelling this, you are going to pick up your raisin and place it in your mouth on your tongue, but you're not going to chew and swallow yet. Another pathway for touch or to feel is, is through the mouth. Our mouth is so sensory. So we're going to place that raisin on the tongue and maybe roll it around in the mouth. Again, you can kind of play with the texture and how squishy it is. And inevitably, you'll also begin to activate your taste buds and notice what is happening in your mouth when this happens. What kind of sensations are you experiencing in your tongue, in your throat, and taking time to breathe and notice. And at last, you get to taste. You're going to start out just with one gentle chew, right? We don't want to mash this up right away. We're even going to chew mindfully. So taking just one bite to split it open and to start to taste the flavor of this raisin and feeling the way that it travels through your mouth and what else happens in your mouth when you're doing this. 
you'll have an opportunity to kind of chew really slowly without swallowing as much as you as much as you can manage because sometimes swallowing is almost involuntary so just tasting without swallowing and then when you're ready you get to swallow your food and in this try to notice what is the mechanism in the muscles of your throat that are working to swallow this piece of food how is your tongue helping how is your mouth shaped when you swallow this and then try to see if you can follow that raisin on its pathway down your throat and all the way into your stomach kind of widening your perception all the way to include your stomach and that is mindful eating you can do this with any food though like i said i'd say um you know sticky foods or maybe very crunchy foods are maybe not ideal though if you're crunching you could also get that auditory sensation that could be really fun so you know choose what feels fun and inspiring to you when you do this i love this activity because it reminds us that even something as simple as eating a raisin which for me just feels so normal right we get raisins in our lunch boxes this isn't really like a luxury item we don't normally take time to taste this thing but if we do slow down it brings so much magic into the experience of eating so that is my first recommendation this is a pretty short activity um and so i think that it fits well kind of into the flow of this overall you know evening or day of of circle that you'll be holding around your topic of hibernation once you've done the mindful eating, I would open it up maybe just for popcorn discussion about what did you notice? How did this change your experience of this food? Was it challenging? Was it easy? And kind of get everybody's perspectives, see, see what they thought of this activity and the experience. Okay, I hope you had fun with that activity. I hope you enjoy it. I really love it. So let me know what you think. Love to hear your experience with it as well. So for the second activity offering, I would love for everybody to make a couple of lists of restful or contemplative or nourishing activities to do this winter. I did a variation on this last winter with my personal group where we actually drew pictures of one activity, one winter activity that we wanted to do. And it was amazing because we actually did some of those activities. One of my friends drew a picture of some of us going out and staying together in a cabin and then we did that and it was a really beautiful way to actualize some of our, our winter wishes. So you could make this even into an art offering if you want to make the lists and then choose one thing and create a picture of of you doing it. I think that would be really nice. And what I was imagining is that you might want to divide up your activities into different categories. So maybe how can you be restful in work, in friendships, in a romantic relationship, in maybe your sports activities or your creative endeavors, whatever kind of categories encapsulate your life, take those and make a, a small list of ways that you can incorporate 
nourishment and contemplation and rest in all of these areas of your life. Once you've got this beautiful list, pick one thing to make a picture out of and then maybe keep that picture on your fridge or on your altar. There's something really powerful about laying your eyes on one of your creations every day, whether or not that is a list or a drawing or you know, a painting or sculpture, whatever you've kind of created with intention. I love seeing those things around my home every day because it's, it's easy to forget. You know, maybe my winter dream is to hot tub in the snow with my friends. I think that was my winter dream last year. <laughs> and it's so easy to forget that that is something that you want unless you're engaging with it daily. And it can be something, you know, something fun and relaxing, like hot tubbing in the snow with your friends. Or maybe it is something that is a bigger dream. Maybe you want to go on a riding retreat with your, your best friend or your lover. Or you want to go on some kind of winter traveling adventure. You want to go somewhere new. Whatever it is... Keeping that on your mind and in your heart daily is a beautiful way to help make those things possible. And it's pretty gentle as well. Once you've completed this activity, go ahead and let everybody pair up so they can have a longer one-on-one -on -one share. I've talked about this in previous episodes, but I really try to incorporate many, many ways of reflecting and sharing and connecting because what works for one person is not necessarily going to work for the other person. So some people love the solo share at the beginning, some people love the activities, and some people love the partner sharing. It is just another way for us to process. That is all I have for you on hibernation. I would love to hear what y'all are doing, what your activities are. And to end this episode, I've got a song for you. This song is uh, one of my originals and it is called Holy Am I. And this is a fairly new song. I wrote it uh, maybe just within the last year, but it is one that I sing in circle a lot because, well, there's actually two parts, but the kind of simpler bass part is so accessible for learning. It's something that's really, really easy to teach. It's something really easy to remember. And the words are this, holy am I, you say this three times. Holy are we? Say it three times. Oh, nope, I got it wrong. <laughs> Holy am I? Say it three times. Holy are you? Say it three times. Holy are we? Say it three times. Of course, you don't actually have to use that order, but that's how it makes sense in my mind. I, you, we. And then you'll hear in the recording, I have another part overlaid on top that is an option if you're feeling really excited about using more music and learning a more complicated wordier piece. So I'll play that now, give it a listen, and I'm wishing you the sweetest winter. Holy am I, 
This has been the Women's Circle Podcast with Leela Strong. To connect, you can find me on Instagram at the Women's Circle Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider rating and reviewing. This will help get the show out to all the wonderful people in need of connection and community. Until next time, may you find magic all around.